women's running. running, running. Hello and welcome to Women's Running Stories, the podcast where I share first-person stories told by women about their running experiences. I am Cherie Louise Turner. I am the host and producer of Women's Running Stories, and this podcast is a proud member of the Evergreen Network of Podcasts. So not only am I the host and producer of this podcast, I am also a runner. I am 54 years old, and I am currently on a quest to break 20 minutes in the 5K. I've called this the Over 50 Sub 20 5K Project. And I started this journey over the summer after running the Comrades Marathon, which took place on June 11th. Comrades is a 55-mile road race that happens every year in South Africa. If you are not familiar with this race or you are in love with this race and you like to hear stories about it, there are many in the Women's Running Stories feed, including a couple episodes of my own experiences running at Comrades. But this summer, I decided that I was closing the chapter on longer distance racing marathons and ultras and that I'm going to focus on the 5K. There is a part one episode of this journey if you want to go back and start with that one. And that tells the story of how I got to the point of setting my baseline. And I did that on August 30th. I set a baseline time of 21 minutes and 10 seconds. And I'll have a link to that episode in the show notes. You may want to go back and listen to that one first and then come back and listen to this one, though it is not a prerequisite. Because all you really need to know are those simple facts. August 30th, I set my baseline and it was a pretty decent recent times PR. I had run faster about a decade or so ago. My fastest 5K time ever is 20 minutes and 19 seconds. So never in my life have I broken 20 minutes. It is now the end of October. So since I set that baseline, another couple months have gone by. And this episode will catch you up with what's been going on. I am calling this phase the learning how to train well phase where I am making progress, but it's not necessarily all in paces and times. And one quick note before I do get into this story is that I mentioned parkrun. I talk about parkrun a lot because I do it a lot. And if you are not familiar with parkrun, it is a weekly timed 5K. There are parkruns all over the world. They're always free. They are volunteer run. In order to participate in Parkrun, all you need to do is sign up online, get your barcode, and show up. You can literally show up anywhere in the world where there is a Parkrun and run and get a time. There's no numbers. The only registration type thing is getting that barcode. And they're always on Saturdays, sometime in the morning, generally between like 8.30 and 9.30 in the morning, depending on where you are and the time of year. So anyway, I do parkrun as often as I can. And here in Ireland, we have a lot of parkruns to choose from. So yeah, I am an avid parkrun runner. All right, let's get to it. This is my journey. Welcome to it. Here we go. All right, let's start with some brass tacks. 
Regarding improving my time in the 5K, that has not happened in the last two months, but more or less, I'm still in that same arena, over 21 minutes, but under 22 minutes. That I can run fairly readily. I have not had any more magical moments where I have run faster. And I will tell you the first thing that that brought to mind, and that was, was that magical 5K back in August, was it just a fluke? And of course, I realize that this is a very unhelpful thing to think and that I just need to have confidence in myself. But sometimes it's hard to have confidence and believe that you can do something that you've never done before, especially when you're in this middling time where, you know, I'm a little bit plateauing and I don't know what the future is going to bring. But I also recognize that I sort of have two choices here, that I can either believe that I can do it Or I can doubt myself, and I know that it won't help me to keep doubting myself, so I'm going to choose confidence, and I'm just going to believe that this is going to happen because I know that that is going to give me the best chance of succeeding. On I go. So a little summary of the times that I have pinned on a number in the last two months. I have run two cross-country races where I was soundly, soundly left behind by many much faster people. And I had a ton of fun. Cross-country racing in Ireland is phenomenal. There's lots of mud and hills and incredibly fast runners. And it's a team sport that is just a ton of fun. I race with St. Finbar's AC, and it's just a blast. So that I have been enjoying. I have also done two 5Ks. One was flat, and I had had some fairly high hopes that I might be able to get another PR. I did not. And I'll get into a few more details about that race a little later in the episode. And then I ran a course that I'm very familiar with. It is a local park run course, so I have run on it many, many times. And I ran a great time, but it is hilly, so not exactly a PR course. But I ran really strong. And one fun thing in particular about that race is that there was a head-to-head sprint right at the end. And... I just always enjoy a little head-to-head competition right at the finish of a race. It is fun. I also got beat. But no matter, it was just a blast. So those are some of the broad strokes of what I have done sort of on the competitive end of things. And so, in general, not a ton to report. Like, I'm running fast, but I haven't run any faster over the 5K distance. So where have I improved? Where have I found improvement The place where I have noticed my improvement the most is in learning how to train better. And a big part of this is recognizing pace differentiation in workouts, really honing in on what is the goal of the day and making sure my interval fast days are fast, my tempo days are tempo, my easy days are easy. I have a tendency to run too fast on my easy runs, even too fast now on some of my tempo efforts. And then when you get to the fast days, you just can't go as fast. So I've really worked to stop muddying the waters between my different paces. And part of that is just learning what my paces are or what they feel like in my body and making these differentiations. It's making my workouts just a lot more fun because each one can feel successful in its own right. And success isn't just, I'm exhausted at the end. Oh, I gave it my all. Because in some cases, that is just not the point of the workout. 
And I have paid the price of going too fast on a run where that wasn't called for, and I didn't recover well enough to do the next workouts that called for me to be refreshed and recovered. And I'll give you one example is I do these tempo workouts with my club on Friday nights, and they're typically for a certain period of time, you just run tempo. And I was feeling really good as you ought to when you are running these. These are supposed to be efforts that you can do for, say, like an hour. So they're not flat out. There is no point where you should be completely spent. And I was feeling so good by the end that I decided, hey, I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to try and catch up with the person that I could see further up the track than me. And I ended up running my last effort way too fast. And you know, it was fun, but it wasn't the smartest thing to do. So I stopped doing that. And something that's really reinforcing my ability to make this better choice is that it is so frustrating when I do show up to a subsequent workout and I feel flat or tired. And I know that at least part of the reason why I don't feel good is because I worked too hard in the previous workout. And how frustrating is that? Like I work too hard in one workout, so I'm not getting the full benefit of what that workout was supposed to be about, and that made me too tired to do the next workout as well as I could have if I would have just taken it easier the day or two before, and then I could show up and have a really great workout because I would have been able to recover and I wouldn't be feeling flat. So, you know, those those mistakes have repercussions that affect me, you know, in the next workout, and maybe even that week. So one unwise decision sort of messes up a couple of workouts. And, you know, none of this is the end of the world, but it's just, it's frustrating because I could be working less and having more fun and getting more benefit out of all of that. And, you know, I have had some of those days where I did show up and I just felt awful. Like, I had a workout on my schedule and I'd go out there, like, full of enthusiasm, like, You know, maybe my legs will feel better once I get going. And sometimes they just don't. And I feel like I'm working way too hard to go the paces that I'm seeing on my watch. And so in those circumstances, I do a couple of things. One is I stop looking at my watch because, you know, there's lots of reasons why you may not be running faster. Maybe it's the weather. Maybe it's windier. Maybe it's hillier. You know, there are lots of things that contribute to your pace. And sometimes I am just tired. So I put away the watch and I focus on the effort. And what I mean by that is I sort of keep to the spirit of what this workout is supposed to be about. Is it a really hard interval effort? Is it a tempo effort? And I just give that effort as opposed to trying to meet some sort of pace goal. And I get through my workout that way. And if I really feel like I'm just digging myself into a hole, like I'm working really, really hard and I'm really not going anywhere, it's like, well, maybe that's a sign that I actually just need to have a rest. And then I call it and I don't freak out about missing a workout. And I realize that I'm going to be better off recovering and being fresh for the next workout instead of digging myself into a hole and then prolonging these feelings of not feeling well. But, you know, a lot of this, it's just a lot of trial and error. And, you know, I'm still dealing with hormones of perimenopause. So, you know, sometimes I just don't feel good or I don't recover because my body is just changing. And, you know, so I have to factor that in too. And, you know, and there's life and all the rest of it. So, 
So I guess the other part of that is that I also, when I have a bad workout, I just, you know, I've stopped fretting about it so much and just move on. And it's really nice just to like kind of leave those days where things just didn't turn out that great, like just leave them in the past. Because for the most part, things have been going really well. On the whole, I've been feeling really great. And on those occasional days where I just feel crummy, like I said, I either try to get the workout in or I just bag it and I, you know, move on to the next thing. So these are some of the ways that I am learning to train better or, you know, I would say train a bit smarter. Um, And another big one for me, I have historically not been great at warming up and definitely not great at cooling down. And my warm-ups I got really good at. I have mastered my art of warming up, and I actually really enjoy it now. But when I'm done with a workout, I'm just ready to stop. And I would count some sort of a five or 10-minute walk as my cool down, and that would be it. And this was not serving me. And I've really come to appreciate the benefits of a longer cool down, and for me, A couple of the big ones are less achiness and better recovery. And I have an example, too, of where a cooldown really worked wonders for me. And that was after a workout that was, I would say, a great success and almost a total disaster. It was an interval night. We were running 400s, and I felt phenomenal. I had a new pair of shoes. I was really well-rested. And I was going really good. But the problem was, is my body wasn't quite ready to go that fast that many times. And I could feel a little bit of a strain in my hamstring. So I made sure to cool my jets a little bit and finish my workout without injuring myself. And I did an extra long cool down because I noticed that it felt really good. And I could tell when I stopped and I started walking that things started tightening up. So I just kept moving for a little bit longer than I normally would have, and I'm absolutely convinced that this helped me recover better and not be injured. So I am now fully committed to great warm-ups and great cool-downs. And one thing I think about with all of these things that I'm learning is this is all stuff that I've known for a very long time. These are basics of healthy running. And so a lot of this I think about as just going back to basics and really dialing those in. The other thing I've gotten better about, and it's something that comes and goes with me, is my weight training and movement training. I had kind of gotten out of the routine of this. I had been working with a strength and conditioning coach. I stopped doing that many months ago and thought that I would just do it on my own, and I've had a little bit of a bumpy road on getting myself to get in a good pattern, but I'm getting back to it. And I know that it's really important. And I've started being more consistent a couple times a week doing some weights and doing some good healthy movement exercises. And on the topic of sticking with the basics, I am still always practicing good breathing, good mental outlook, and good form. And something I've added into the mix with the good form portion of my running is I've started watching some videos that are put out by Shane Benzi of Running Reborn. And one of the videos that has really, really stuck with me is posture. He talks a lot about posture and running tall and keeping your head level and looking out at the horizon. And I had one of those aha moments on the track the other night thinking about this concept. 
and lifting up from the base of my spine all the way up and running tall. And it was just one of those moments where everything sort of clicked. And the way it felt in my body is that I could lift myself up off the ground from my hips. It was this very light feeling that I was getting my lift from the middle of my body as opposed to my contact with the ground and my feet. And I know that might sound strange, but that is really how it felt. He also talks about the elasticity of your fascia and how you can work with that to get the most out of your stride. And I really felt that all come together. So it was very exciting. I feel like his work is very complimentary to Jay Grunke of The Balanced Runner, who I have really, really benefited from what she teaches with running form. And one of the big crossovers I noticed with the two of them is that they really ask you to feel these things in your own body as opposed to just telling you what to do. It's ways that you can go out and feel this for yourself. And I will say for me, I feel like I run smoother and more efficiently and fluidly. And I just, I feel much lighter on my feet. And to me, it feels like a very joyful way of running that is, yeah, just fluid and it just feels good. And so I always look for that in my slow runs, in my intervals, in whatever way I am running, I always look to feel that joyful movement. And so for me, that's a lot of what this form work is about. And the other thing I will mention that Shane Bensey talks about is that you can work on your posture all the time. And, you know, as we are now all looking at phones and computers, or a lot of us do this a lot, I have been much more mindful of keeping my head up, lifting up tall, starting from the base of my spine and all those good things, even during the day. And, you know, it just feels better. I feel like my my spine stretches out a lot better. So so yeah, that has been a lot of fun to think about. And I do want to mention a little something about mindset. I really like I'm really surprised. I I really don't have a lot of negative thinking anymore, and it's sort of shocking to me because that was a steady beat in my head for I mean for years. That was something that really sort of plagued all of my athletics is self-doubt and lack of self-confidence and just saying not nice things to myself while I was doing my athletics and believing, truly believing that I wasn't working hard enough. And that has really not served me as an athlete. You know, it has made it so that I had become one of these athletes that pushes through times when I should be resting that, you know, that runs too fast on my slow runs because, you know, I got I got insecure running slowly, like, oh, this is just a sign that I can't run fast anymore. I mean, it was really, when I think back on it, I just think, oh, that was a, a real waste of energy. And it created some very bad habits. So I'm, I'm breaking out of a lot of that. But yeah, so the mindset, much, much better. And something I keep coming back to is the fact that I just don't know that negative thinking is ever useful. I mean, I like I have yet to come up with a reason why I should ever engage in negative thoughts. So, which is kind of a weird thing to think because I've spent so much of my brain space being there, but really really recognizing that it just is so unhelpful. And having those negative thoughts, it takes away the opportunity to actually have productive thinking and to work on a better mind frame. Another thing I have taken note of in this portion of the journey of really learning how to train better and be a better student of running is 
paying attention to what I am doing when I am not training. And this really came to a head on a recent trip that I took. I got to go to Paris. It was fantastic. But from a training perspective, it was really not helpful. And one of the things I did, which I often do when I travel, is I walked a lot. And one day in particular, I walked with a very heavy backpack. That was on a Tuesday. I had a race on the Sunday. And I am pretty convinced that my race result on Sunday was directly impacted by what I did on that Tuesday because my legs felt completely wrecked for days. They had no snap. I felt horrible running. And so it was a great lesson. Walking can make your legs really tired. And this is not to say that I'm never going to go on a vacation and do a lot of walking, but now I at least understand what I'm signing up for. And I will use some strategies to mitigate that, like take sitting breaks, do some more jumping, get some more strides going, just keep my legs a little more refreshed because walking on concrete all day is very tiring. I also walked around in shoes that, in retrospect, were not particularly great from a fatigue standpoint. So I will not be wearing those again in the future when I know I'm going to be on my feet a lot. I will be much more mindful of my footwear. Now, this leads directly into that flat 5K where I was hoping that I might be able to set another PR. And as it happened, my legs just, they just had not fully recovered from me doing all of that walking. But there were some big positives that came out of that day. First of all, I didn't feel terrible. I was able to run quite well. I ended up running a 2140 and... You know, I sort of realized about a mile or so in that I wasn't going to have some big breakthrough performance, so I readjusted, and I figured out ways to make this a successful effort regardless. And one of the things I had decided was that I wasn't going to give up. I was going to give the very best that I had on that day. And one of the things I really wanted to do was really kick it in in the last half mile to a mile And this has been a real sticking point for me because what I tend to do is I project when I'm in the middle of a race, I'm already worrying about how much it's going to hurt toward the end or that I'm not going to be able to give it my all or somehow I'm going to fail. And so I'd really been working to get over this mentality and just be more in the moment, do the best that I could in the moment and not think so hard about like, I'm going to give it my very best at the end. And wow, am I going to be able to do that? Like I just was keeping those thoughts out of my head. So in the run, I was looking to find other people who I could run with and utilize the speed of anyone who was coming up behind me, see if I might be able to latch on with them and just really stay with the effort. And when I came up to that, you know, half mile, mile to go, I really just focused on kicking it in, giving everything I had, and to keep my brain engaged in positive thoughts of being able to give my very best all the way to the end. And I never gave up. I never felt defeated. When I knew I wasn't running as fast as I had hoped that I would, yes, I had a few moments of disappointment, but I decided to stick with what was and just work with what I had. And yeah, I was a little frustrated that I had made some poor choices earlier in the week, but I made a note to 
learn from it, and not do it again. And in the end, I actually ran a negative split. That is, I ran the second half faster than the first half. So that whole concept of making that last mile faster, I mean, it actually worked, which was really gratifying. And in addition to that, I actually ended up third in my age group. And with that, actually, came a little bit of cash. So so even though I hadn't had my big PR day, there were a lot of upsides to it. And I felt like I truly ran the best that I could on the day. And that's really all I can ask for. So, you know, going back to the it also matters what we do outside of training, I will keep that in mind for the future. And one last note on this mental situation, because obviously I spend a lot of time focusing on this and and I've seen a lot of progress. So that's been really exciting. And one of the reasons for that too is that I do park run almost every single Saturday, and I almost always go in with some sort of something to work on, whether it be a mental exercise or a pacing exercise. I typically go in with some way to practice some sort of race strategy or approach because this is a practice. Like, it, you know, the, the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. So I'm really appreciating just the fact that this takes practice. It's a process. And the more I practice, the better I'm getting at it. So that is where I am. And in a nutshell, I am feeling good, I am running well, and I am learning a lot. And I am ready to put all the pieces together. Whenever that happens, I will take the opportunity and I will set a new PR. And at some point, that PR is going to be under 20 minutes. But for now, that is a wrap. Thank you so much for being here and coming on this journey with me. I really appreciate it. And I also always love to hear from you. What challenges are fueling your running these days? It could be a 5K. It could be anything. I love to hear about other people's running journeys. So keep in touch. I'm very active on Instagram. So please leave a comment. You're also always welcome to email me and you can find my email on the website. I'll link to everything in the show notes. Please know that I do not make these podcasts by myself. Cormac O'Regan does all the original music and he makes that music from his studio here in Cork, Ireland. I am Cherie Louise Turner. I am the host and producer of Women's Running Stories and I am coming to you from my home closet studio also here in Cork, Ireland. And until next week, I do wish you very joyful, very healthy strides forward. Women's running, running, running. Women's running stories. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 258 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. 
I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals that you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. 